And I ain't hit no drop in a minute. No, I'm about yeah. my business. Rappers Guy Podcast, episode 59. This is your host, Diggy Metro. 58. <laughs> your host, Diggy Metro. Vance Pagliacci. We just went over this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and today we wanted to talk about uh, being embarrassed by your music. And why are you embarrassed by your music? And does that mean that you should stop making that style of music? What and, are your thoughts on this? Well, first and foremost, speaking of being embarrassed, my stomach was out the last podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, I apologize for that. It won't happen again, guys. But <laughs> back to the main topic at hand. Um, definitely understand, you know, what it's like to feel embarrassed by certain things that I'm doing or saying within my music or just having people listening to it. Um, and that sort of embarrassment or that uncomfortability just comes from, number one, not really knowing what back then at the time what the music is able to do. And I mean, I still kind of feel it sometimes still to this to this day. I think that's kind of like the artist experience. Like when you release something new to the world, you know, you have this kind of fear of like how people are going to receive it. But there's more or less so of an embarrassment because I know it's coming from a place of like, you know, me and uh, from my heart and in my mind, and more so than what I used to do before when I was chasing validation from people. Right, right. Like I was insecure back in the day because I was saying a bunch of shit that I thought was cool, but it wasn't necessarily me. So the insecurity didn't come from a place of like, well, I'm standing on my shit. It came from a place of like, I'm saying a bunch of shit that's not real. Mm -hmm. Who's going to call me out on it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what we're talking about when we say like being embarrassed by your music. It's more like, are you embarrassed by the shit that you're saying on records? Because the people who know you, the the closest people to you and the future fans that are going to get to know you, are they going to like find out that that's not you? Exactly. And that's the embarrassing thing. Like me and me and uh, my guy Rabbits were having a conversation. And I said, like, if you were going to show a stranger your music, what song would you play? And he told me a song of his. And I said, why would you play that song? Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, would you be embarrassed to play some other songs? And he was like, eh, not necessarily embarrassed. And he was like, I mean, I guess I'd be kind of embarrassed to play some songs. And I'm like, what makes you feel like that? And I think that what makes you feel like that is like they could see you in the physical now. And they're going to attach that to you. So it's like, would you want to be known by that? Mm-hmm. And I think that when we're making music, like that is an important thing that always gets looked over. Like, do you want to be known by the music that you're putting out? Because like one of the, the things that I struggle with the most as far as becoming an artist and just kind of, you know, rebranding myself is more so like the Bales Pagliacci thing and playing off the uh, funny portions of it. So it's like, I'm not making funny music like Little Dicky or anything like that, or like BF8 Pac-Man or whatever. I think that's not his name. Something like that. But whatever. You know, Playing off those things kind of made me realize that so at certain points, I could be looked at a specific way and not treated as a, or taken seriously as an artist, where it's like my music is, you know, not now geared towards being serious. So I had to like kind of leave certain aspects of myself or certain aspects of what I thought I needed to do back then out because at this point, it doesn't work the same. And then sometimes it can be embarrassing. It's like, you know, if I'm showing somebody my music early on, you know, um, not to say it's more so embarrassing, but it could be like different or a trigger. Like somebody see something like Mr. Famous when I got the like the fucking the blow up doll in see, the video. Let me stop you because <clears throat> I feel like Mr. Famous was a good way of going about it. I feel like that was just the amount of funny that attaches itself with like that type of style of music. Mm-hmm. Where like some of your videos where you're like dressed like Paul Revere, yeah, like that shit is like, why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Like, like because the song doesn't match it. Like exactly. the song is not a funny song. So like. If an artist is out there making like a comedic song, then the video could be comedic. But if the song is serious, there could still be a sense of comedy in it. But mm-hmm. like, it doesn't have to be like all out. What the fuck is going on right now? And and that's kind of the thing too, because it's like 
within me knowing like what I know now as far as like advertisement and shit like that, you know, having a sex doll in the video isn't the best thing for marketability in a sense because like sometimes you can't really advertise certain parts of Okay, song. so that's a good point. That's a good point for like a lot of young artists at home. Like when you're making a music video, are you thinking about the ads? Yeah, you got to think about those things because like, that that's definitely play, it plays in the long run. Like, like for instance, the other day I'm watching YouTube and uh, an ad pops up because I don't pay for no fucking mm-hmm. ad free. You know what I mean? YouTube right could eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, an ad pops up and it's a rap video and they're cursing throughout the whole shit. And I'm like, that's pretty dope that YouTube allows you to advertise a song that you're cursing throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. I think that that's cold. Well, that's only for, I think, signed artists because I tried that and they basically ban it every time. See, but that's confusing. Like that- It's very confusing. Yeah, like how how could you allow it for certain people but you won't allow it for others? If you're going to allow it, allow it. You know what I mean? Because when I seen the, it was the YG, J. Cole, and I think Moneybag Yo song and I seen the advertisement, I'm like, yo, like he's just cursing on it but I just tried to put a song up with some curses in it, and they basically just said, nah, I can't do it. And here I am listening to YG. So it was yeah, like, but was it YouTube ads? Yeah, it was YouTube ads. So now, you know how there's uh, restrictions that you could put on it where it's like it's for everyone mm-hmm. or it's for like adults or it's for this? Maybe they're only focusing it toward adults. And and you know what's crazy about that? That was one thing I tried to do with like the Mr. Famous video because I was just like, I don't want really kids to see this because I don't want to see kids you know, see me with a sex doll and things like that. Yeah. So I kind of put the 18-year-old there or more, but I think that's also where we're affected the advertisement because at that point, if it's not really generally for everybody, I think they also still try to pull it back, like if it's like a restriction on it too. So it's it's, it's mad weird, but I think once again, independent, I mean, independent artists are always kind of put on the back burner while signed artists can kind of get away with a lot of shit. That's how I feel Well, sometimes. yeah, that's because the signed artists usually have connections with the people at these Yeah, companies. the places. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you're signed to a guy who's friends with Leo Cohen, and Leo Cohen, <clears throat> excuse me, Leo Cohen is like the head of YouTube music at the time. Yeah. And there's an established connection there. Then you're going to get the some type of leeway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where like you're not going to get that if you're just an unsigned act who has no connections whatsoever. But yeah, like, you know, going back to like the being the, the embarrassed portion of it, it's just like, once again, I know it was a great idea and I love the idea and the concept, but still in hindsight, looking back at certain things like, ah, I could have been probably done a little bit better or more appropriate for like marketability because then at that point you know some they say somebody wanted my job may want to listen to my song you know sometimes you don't always want to do that but if you feel comfortable enough I, I wouldn't feel embarrassed like yo here's Mr. Famous but I gotta be cautious with that I may have to send them the rent due even though Mr. Famous may be up the alley because it's just some certain shit that's like I can't be out there especially like in, within my professionalism still you know yeah so you gotta be careful with those things as well well I think that that connects as well like like when you're talking about are you embarrassed to play your music? Like, would it affect your job? Mm-hmm. Like, if you actually have a career, would it affect it if they heard this music? Mm-hmm. I'll tell a quick story. Like, um, you know, my uncle's a basketball coach. I came up wanting to coach as well, you know? And and I didn't know what I wanted to coach. I, I turned that into coaching artists and music, but, like, I just wanted to coach people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, I went for a job interview. I was going to be the JV coach at this high school, and it was a Christian school. And they did a deep dive on, on who I was, and they found videos of me rapping on on YouTube, and they nixed it right there. Get him out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, that could happen. Yeah, that's a fact. You know, you hear these stories all the time, and and for the most part, you're like, that's not going to happen to me, but it does. It happens a lot. You know, so so that's a, a perfect example of like my music actually affecting my money. You know, people will, and with podcasts, like we do a pretty good job at 
keeping it business centric, even if we curse a little bit or whatever, like still the the main points are still helpful for people. Yeah, try to keep right? it raw as we can. But if we were doing a lifestyle podcast and we're talking about fucking bitches and getting money and all this this dumb shit, and then your employer sees it, they might not want you on their staff at that point. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be cautious of what you're what you're doing. Also, like for all the rappers that talk about doing drugs and selling drugs and this and that, if your employer sees that, they probably don't want to employ a dude who is a drug addict and sells drugs. And, and low-key, like, that's kind of the things that you have to put your mind into. Like, you have to sometimes take these calculated risks. Once again, we always tell you guys, go out there, get a job, something that's going to be able to pay for your um, your music career, right? But then that also be calculated with the music that you're putting out there because you just never know where it may blow up or where it may reach to. And you just don't know how it's going to affect you because if that's your source of getting money for your music career and then somehow, some way it gets to somebody and they fire you and they cut you cut that out, yes, you can always find another job, but there's going to be that lapse where it's just like, what am I going to do now? Yeah, but Bales, if my song blows up, wouldn't I just be rich? No. And that's why I want another <laughs> thing. If Even if your song blows up on TikTok, there's a lot of independent artists out here whose songs blow up on TikTok and they're still working a job. And that's usually the best thing I would say until you know for a fact that you'll be good money definitely still have a job. What if the drug-induced and all this uh, trap rap, what if that is the way to the bag? What do I do? Still be yourself. Because honestly, especially in this climate right now where everybody's kind of like having their uh, lyrics brought up in court and shit, and it's going to be really embarrassing if you go into court for a bunch of shit and then you somehow talking about some shit you shouldn't be talking about, but you know about it, and now you're getting caught up in something that you shouldn't be caught up in in the first place. Takashi 6 9 Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that for all the drug rap and all the trap rap that's out there, there just can't be that many drug dealers. No. It's just impossible. You know what I mean? It's Somebody impossible for everyone to be a drug dealer mm-hmm. and everyone to be flipping pounds. Like, mm-hmm. it's impossible. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's only so much fucking drug dealing that can be done, especially in a location. You're, if you're in a city, like, how, how many fucking people? And, yo, if you're selling, like, like fucking dubs, Bro, you're not... You're not moving that's, weight. That's, yeah, that's not the same as being like El Chapo. And if you, know you are I mean? moving weight, you shouldn't be saying it in the songs. Because at the end of the day, it's going on to come back to you. And, you know, you got to be careful with those things. And it's like, I know a lot of times, you know, as artists, we're trying to latch on to what's, you know, what's, you know, the hottest thing right there when it's like doing the drugs and being the gangster and everything like that. Like we discussed multiple times on this um, podcast, hip-hop has drastically changed. Hip-hop has been submerge into other genres where it doesn't like you don't have to be that 90s rapper you have to be hardcore and all those things and honestly when you look at it those the rappers that are in the game like that are the usual ones that's losing whether they be getting locked up getting their uh, all their money taken away somehow some way because of some bullshit litigation and or they just getting killed and the industry doesn't care about that they do not care at all like i i, I want to be the first person to tell people and i'm sure i'm not the first person to say it but like mm-hmm. i, I want to be the first to tell you guys like these dudes will sign you, and when you get locked up, they'll still make money off your likeness, and then they won't care about the court situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to assign you a lawyer from the label to deal with your gun charges. That'll all be on you. All the the drug charges and the gun charges that'll all be on you. It has nothing to do with the label. In fact, the label might not want to continue the contractual obligations due to the fact that you're going through a trial. So you might lose everything that they that they gave you. You know what I mean? Like And then that kind of just comes back to like the more so the embarrassment part because you know a lot of times you know rappers will put on this uh, pers- uh persona 
they have all this money, all these things of that nature. Then once that litigation starts coming out and they start asking, oh, how much money do you have in your account? I only got $1,000. You have any assets? No, I don't have any assets. I don't have anything. And that's when that, the humbleness starts to come in because it's like you got caught up into some stuff and you know I don't have the money to take care of this lawyer. I don't have the money to take care of this. It just becomes a, a big cascade of issues. So always want to be mindful of that because once again, I think the biggest thing that artists have is their ego and their pride of like, you know, I'm the man, I do this, that, and the third. But when it all comes full circle and you realize it isn't there and you're just behind the wall and you're not getting any income and the labor don't care about you, that's when you really finally realize like this is really fucking embarrassing. Well, in my mind, I was how I would look at it. I think also the embarrassment uh, part could be, it could it doesn't have to do with you being a, a criminal either. Yeah, no, definitely You could just not. be saying embarrassing shit. You could be talking about women embarrassingly. You know what I mean? Like, there's ways to be embarrassing without necessarily... Like, would you want your mother to listen to the music you're making? Yeah. And I, I'm not going to say that that's like a fucking... That has to be it. Because I remember when I was 18, I made a, a my first album, studio album. And when I dropped it, I remember my grandma, trying to be supportive, went and listened to the album. My family too. And I remember her being like, I can't even listen to that. Like, it was, it was so vulgar. You know? And... At the time, being young, I was like, that's not for you care. anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't care that you can't listen to it. I'm not making it for fucking 60-year-old people. But she had a, a stronger point because it's like, do you want to be a superstar? Do you want to be this global sensation? And if you do, then you have to reach a broader audience. And you have to be able to at least be played in environments that might have some old people. I love that my music is like taken more universally than more than just like oh like a specific age. Like I feel like it's just more broadening as me, or like it just opens me up more as like an artist. Like okay, whether you're 65, whether you're 18, you're gonna be vibing. That's that's really what matters. Because you day. started making dance records, and mm-hmm. dance records appeal to everyone. If you're playing something at a barbecue, the barbecue might have kids, and it might have older people. Mm-hmm. If the song's a vibe, it's a vibe. That's exactly. It doesn't necessarily have to reach one audience. And if you're trying to get played at the cookout, you're not trying to get played for one audience anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, the 15-year-olds, the they're they're only at the cookout because their parents are at the they're cookout. They're forced to be there. You know what I'm saying? They like, they're, not, they're not buying burgers and, <laughs> and having cookouts in their backyard. You feel me? Like, it, it depends on what type of artist you're trying to be. And if you're trying to be that trap guy, like, yo, we're seeing all these, these young drill artists that are getting shot and killed, or we're seeing all these young drill artists that are just getting shot in general, hospitalized. And you look at that, and someone like me, who is my age, looks at that, and I go, when you put a certain energy out there, that energy comes back to you. Mm-hmm. It's it's ruthless, and it's it sucks. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting here vouching for them getting shot. I don't want anyone to get shot. I don't want anyone to go through that trauma. But when you're constantly putting that out in the air... I'm a shooter and I'll fucking kill you. And then someone tests you. You can't act like you didn't call for that. You can't act like you didn't ask for that. You know what I'm saying? Half of these dudes are getting on records and talking about people that actually died. Mm-hmm. Rival gangs or whatever the fact. But they're talking about people that are actually dead. Those are human beings that people care about. And then even deeper than that, some people are just seeing these things and just want to speak on them and want to feel apart and try to make some money off of these things. And that causes an even bigger issue because it's like... You're just, in a sense, you know, it's perfectly fine to be a civilian within rap and just, you know, not have any beef with anybody. You know, look to people like Tyler. Like, yeah, he probably has, like, some regular industry beef, but it's nothing, like, crazy where it's, like, you know, he's getting shot out or anything like that. Yeah, you know? he's not coming at people like that. Even, you know, even Drake, even though sometimes he does get in a little 
It's, but it's not nothing like that where it gets to that level. Yeah, he may say certain things on, you know, certain songs that sound cooler or just, you know, get that vibe out there or that image out there. But for the most part, he's, it's usually peaceful stuff going on. Tyler's a good example because I feel like if you go back into his career, right, and you look at when he first came out and he was this vulgar, nasty, uh, shock jock rapper, I feel like there was a lot more negative press around him at that time. Mm-hmm than there is now that he's making this peaceful, happy music, right? Like when he's doing mature, uh, melodic music, you don't see that same negative press. Now everyone loves Tyler. Back in the day, everyone was, fuck Tyler, those kids are bad for music. You know what I'm saying? Like you could tell in in the shift of his art and his uh, substance that there's a a growing positivity for his music Mm -hmm. that didn't exist back in the day. And we could actually go back and look at that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These are documented. There was a lot more hate for someone like Tyler back in the day that he was making that like negative music. And Tyler was never making gang related. I'll fucking kill you music. Like crazy demonic, like crazy shit. Like what are you talking about, bro? That that satanic (laughs) fucking whatever, you know, that grimy shit like that he was making. There was a lot more negative press around him. But I loved it. You know, we all did because that was like, it was like teenage angst. It's the same reason why in the 90s people fuck with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a voice for like the kids who feel like they're not spoken for. Mm-hmm. You know, like all those punk rock kids and like, yo, Tyler has a lot of white fans. Oh, definitely. Because that like emo punk rock crew, they fuck right with his music because he's speaking about the same shit. Like, it's fuck the world. You know what I mean? For them. And, you know... Well, you know, when we, just thinking about it now, like when you speak about embarrassment, there's always going to be something that you will be embarrassed about as you get older. That's that's another thing. So like there is that form of embarrassment. For sure. But always want to try to figure out how can I stop, you know, basically feeling like I can't have people listen to these things. Like how, what can you change in your artistry? What can you change in your rhyme patterns? What can you change in how you structure your choruses? Whatever the case may be. What could I do so I don't feel a little bit cringy when I have somebody play my music or somebody says, let me listen to something. Because I remember I had a song where I was basically saying like, um, you're trying to see how my dick feel. And it's like, like you said before, it's like, I was like, my mom listens to this. She's like, what the, like, what is this? And then now that I hear that song now, it's like very cringy to me. It's like, why would I even put this out into the universe? But I was like, right. once again, that's part of the growing process of trying to figure out because it's that, that shock jock thing. Like, I'm going to just say this. People are going to gravitate towards it. They just have to. But then it just, it just ends up backfiring. I'm listening back to it like, ugh, ew. I remember one of my classmates at my college, one time he, uh, he just asked me a question and that shit made me think and it was like, damn, maybe I need to like mature a little bit with my music. But he was like, yo, why on every track do you talk about fucking someone's bitch? Mm. He's like, why are you always talking about fucking someone's bitch? Like, why is that a recurring theme in your music? And like, I think part of it was that that was what was popping back then. We hear it all the time. You know what I'm saying? And it's still popping. You still hear it. Yeah, like, I'll fuck your bitch. But like, yo, honestly, that's not even a cool thing to do. Like, and I'm not saying that on some nerdy fucking, why would you fuck someone's... I'm saying, like, yo, in real life, that's not even worth the hassle. It's not. It's a lot of shit that goes on <laughs> yeah, behind like, that door. With like, that. yo, have you ever been around a chick who has a man? You don't want to even go down that path. It's not fun. It's but not it, fun. It's it not more cool. fun. It's not more fun than being around a chick who doesn't have, have a man. Exactly. That's you know fact. what I'm saying? So, like, all that, I'll fuck your bitch. It's like braggadocious, I'm the man. But, like, realistically, bro, that's not even a cool environment to be in. Nine times out of ten, they're not even fucking nobody, bitch. And that's what I'm saying. It's more like the cool thing to say. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yo, we say a lot of shit coming up. We say a lot of shit that's just, like, the cool thing to say. But you get a little bit older and you're like, that shit was never cool. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if I was a 30-year-old listening to me at 18, I would be like, damn, bro, like, that shit is corny. Hey, go the fuck up, bro. Yeah, that music is very corny, bro. bro. 
Especially when people have wives and shit. Like, yeah, I got to worry about you trying to fuck my wife. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, your little rowdy 18-year-old horny ass trying to fuck my wife. Exactly. Like, go somewhere, bro. But that's what all the music was, you know, that's what we kind of just was, it was getting putting out that. there. Yeah, yeah. that's what we were just putting out there. But once again, from that embarrassment, from that you know, feeling of just, like, unease and uncomfortableness, you can definitely come out and be a better artist at the end of the day. That's, and that's where it really comes down to, being just genuine, being natural, and being yourself throughout the whole process and not having to feel like you need to conform to anything else. Because when you're not conforming, that's when you're going to produce your best music. When you're just doing what, what, what flows best for you, that's when it's going to just sound the best. That's when people are going to gravitate towards it. All the other fake shit, yeah, you may get some people to gravitate towards it because, once again, if everybody else is, everybody's around the world trying to be fake, nobody's going to know who's real at the end of the day. That's why you should definitely want to stand out and be real with that at that point. And also, like, I want to talk about another thing, shift gears a little bit, but like, yo, also stop, stop being embarrassing on Instagram and TikTok so that you can get views. Yeah. Like, stop trying to get clicks by being fucking embarrassing. Like, yo, I remember back in the day, like, there was this, like, it, it was a couple years back, but like, there's a, there was a couple like rappers locally and they would do this shit where they would walk into like a fucking Applebee's and they'd be like smoking a blunt in an Applebee's mm. and be like blowing big dope. And it's like, yo, you look like a fucking idiot. People are working here. Like, people are working. There's families family eating there. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like, on a on a person-to-person level, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I know Wretch did it, and it was funny. Like, yo, you're not Wretch. Like, yeah. yo, yo, all these young guys who do this shit for, like, the shock value of it, and they're trying to get these plays and these spins on Instagram and these spins on TikTok and all this shit. Like, yo, you have to step back sometimes, watch that video, and be like, am I a fucking doof? No, nah, because that, that, once again, it's like, this is a music business. You got to be able to be a certain way. And even though sometimes it may feel like the industry is feeding into people being ignorant and not knowing stuff and just being doing dumb shit all the time, you do not have to walk that path. It does not necessary for you to want to, you know, do anything for fame, do anything to go viral. You can literally do that and you can build this step by step, brick by brick, but everybody just wants to fucking... F- out the floodgates just want to just instantly be put on so they have to do something to grab people's attention and it's so easy to get caught up in that but it's it's so much harder to just take a step back and like let me just be natural within myself and just figure out the shit for myself like even like you know with me on uh, TikTok I started doing like the comedy videos and shit not getting anywhere with those and that's what I was trying to tell you and I started switching shit up a little bit where I just started you know writing captions about basically what be going on in my mind what I'd be expressing what I'd be feeling those videos get way more interaction than me trying to be funny with my music. So it's like, there's certain things you just got to be able to pay attention to. Yes, I may be a funny person, but that's not going to do the best for my music. The music is always going to feel better when somebody's able to connect to it and like my real words and my real emotions. Because yeah, at the end of the day, this is a career, right? And in your career, what you're doing online is all advertising yes. your career. And now if you're online and you're advertising comedy sketches... Mm-hmm. Are you a musician or are you a fucking comedian? You're gonna get boxed in as a comedian. You know what I'm saying? Like, and we, yo, we've seen it time and time again where these uh, Instagram comedians they get popping as a comedian, and then they try the music route, and their music goes absolutely nowhere mm-hmm. because no one sees them as a musician. They see them as a comedian. That's why, yo, you will never, ever, ever see me doing a comedy sketch on my Instagram. And yo, I'm not gonna act like I didn't try different methods you back in the day shit, yeah. but yo you you do one or two of those and you're like oh that's not the wave it's at not all it's it's not even it's not gonna work because yo if you're trying to be a stand-up comedian then keep doing it you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying but like 
even a stand-up comedian, like the most effective methods for a stand-up comedian is just showing parts of their stand-up. Mm-hmm. You go on Instagram and you see like these stand-up uh, videos, but it's just part of their set. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing that's crazy like they're doing like the TikTok videos. And that's that's one of my biggest gripes with TikTok within itself. Yes, it's a great platform, but it's like the unoriginality that comes from that app is just fucking ridiculous because it's like, you may see some jokes or some shit and you're like, oh, that's pretty funny. Then you realize, oh, this fucking been recycled a thousand times and right. it's not even this, it's not even original. It's not this person's joke. That's my biggest like issue with the platform itself. But besides that, everything else I'm, I'm happy about. But yeah, it's I feel like, like that happens on every platform though. Like if you remember back in the day, Twitter, like there would be like funny tweets. Stealing captions, yeah. And yeah, true, and then yeah. people would people Stealing would tweet everything. under and be like, yo, it was funnier when this person said it. Facts. You know what I mean? Like it's been going on. Like that's that's just the way of people. Like mm-hmm. people are gonna copy and recycle. But like as an artist, your main thing should be trying to showcase your art. Like, yo, I think people forget that like people are attracted to talent. How can you showcase that you're talented? People are trying all these measures to, oh, how can I get views? And how can I get followers? And how can I get likes? How about showcase your talent? Show people why they should like you. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, we we have drifted so far away from showing people why we're fucking talented that we're in a space where, like, we don't even know who the fuck we are. You know what I mean? Like, Talk as artists, as musicians, as fucking human beings... We've gotten to this place where we're looking for likes and we're constantly trying to grab from wherever we can get them, right? Because we need this sense of validation or like this sense of uh, fucking entitlement. I have more fucking followers than you, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, you're losing yourself in the process. Like you're becoming someone that's not even you. And what are you doing it for at the end of the day? Like if it's to get people to play your music, guess what, bro? Being the funniest person on Instagram is not going to make people go bump your record. Definitely not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tried it. There's there's so many ways to go about doing that. But like, yo, rule number one is like show people why you are talented. Like how many times do you see your favorite artist break down a writing session? It doesn't happen a lot. Nope. How many times? Like, yo, why are we not showcasing what makes us talented? Like taking it even to, to Mark. I tell Mark all the time, like, yo, when I watch Mark produce a record, it's beautiful. Like the whole process of mm-hmm. him, like, I break everything picking down. Out, like, why are you not showcasing that? Because honestly, think, it's a talent. Because, yo, I think that people are more attracted to that to show that, yo, this person actually does have skills. And that's why a lot of people say, yo, do the behind the scenes, do the making of the video, right. making of the song, making of the beat, making of all these things. And that's why there's the whole fucking niche or niche, whatever it is, on YouTube for these type of things, where it's just showing people breaking down shit, how you, you know, mix, how you structure song, everything. Even, like, the lyrical breakdowns. Everything is literally a behind the scenes look. And that's usually what people are telling you to do. Show people what are you doing outside of just having a song out there. Just just show it because it, it becomes more of an experience and it goes, oh, this is how this person does it. And then on top of that, another artist may come across it and they may come up with an idea and now guess what? You're an influence to that person. Because also, like, I think we forget that, like, your average consumer doesn't understand how a record is created. Facts. They think that you just walk in a studio and, like, all the effects are just already on your voice. And, like, nah, bro. Like, there's an actual process being done. So if you showcase the process of getting that record mixed, you showcase the process of you recording that record, and then they hear the final product. They're like, holy shit. Like, they took that and made it this? Mm -hmm. Like, yo, we're talking about people who have never seen this process happen. Like, they've never experienced anything close to a, a recording studio. They don't even know the first thing about it. They don't know how a beat is made. They don't know any of this. They don't know how samples are done. Like, yo, think about all these uh, these different pages that, like, um, 
I think there, it's not who sampled, but there's like a new sample yeah, uh, page on Twitter that like shows what record they pulled from and then it like speeds it up. It's like they up the pitch. Yeah, they did thing, this, yeah. right? And yo, the amount of people that are amazed by how a sample is, is done. I gotta be like, by it every time. But like for us, like we're around shit like that all the time. So for us, it's like second nature. For these people who are not around music and don't understand how that, sh- that whole process goes down, that's amazing to them. Because a lot of times I tell my friends, like, yo, I'll play one song, like, yo, do you hear this and that? And they was like, nah, I never heard it, but I hear it now. That's crazy. I was like, yeah, because you wasn't paying attention to it. But, you know, once again, the regular consumer does not notice a lot of the shit that goes into music. And if you're able to break those things down, it makes it seem, or not going to say make it seem, it shows how, like, fucking intriguing this is and, like, how you can take one simple idea and blow that shit up to the most craziest thing ever. And that I think that also ties in with the embarrassment don't be afraid to show your process. Don't be embarrassed to show how people how you um, write your songs. I used to feel all type of way because I can't freestyle and I couldn't just come up with shit with the top of my head. And I was like, I can't, you know, can't let anybody know that. Now, like, when I go and write my songs, I show people, like, yo, this is how I basically do it. I'll go to fucking, what's this shit called? Rhyme Zone sometimes. Yeah. It's like, if I'm trying to fit, piss some shit together, block I go to fucking Rhyme Zone. Right. I don't fuck. Right. I'm trying to get the song done. And I'll, you know, I fuck around with, with different things. But, I used to be embarrassed, like, yo, I can't fucking come up the top of my head. But now it's like, I don't even care. Like, this is not, I make great music by writing my shit down. I think that's also because the the time frame that we came from, like, that was, that was expected. The thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, people banging on the desk and you rapping along with it. Like, that was the, that was the skill set. Like, you had to be a freestyler back in the day to be like, yo, he's a talented rapper. But, like, even back then, bro, people are in studio sessions writing songs. They're not sitting there, like, yo... People bring up like a Wayne or they bring up like a Jay-Z, these guys who like sit there for like 10 minutes and then they're like, yo, I, I got Professor it. X. Like, bro, <laughs> that's not normal. It's not. Like in, in normal writing sessions, bro, that shit is not normal. And all you kids out there, we've talked about this, but all you kids that are punching every single line and freestyling it off the top of your head, that's not freestyling because you're punching every line. That's writing. You're writing it. You're just not putting it down on paper, but you're writing it. You're just freestyling off the top, line by line. That's not any different than writing. In fact, You'd have an easier time writing it down because then you could go to the studio with a fully thought out song and just record it. The amount of sessions that took two hours to record a one minute song is fucking crazy. It's embarrassing. Like, yo, I had to do that shit so many times to where I'd be like, yo, why the fuck can't this person just write their record? Like, they're wasting so much time and so much money and effort doing this style of, nah, I just feel like if I write it down, it sounds like I'm reading it. That's because you don't know how to read it. Exactly. And it's like, once again, it's more so just because you want to put on the facade and you want to look cooler and you want to put the image on. But it's like, once again, it's perfectly fine. Because when shit doesn't go the way you want it to sound, that's when you feel the most embarrassed. Like, oh, shit, this shit sounds kind of trash. I don't want to let nobody listen to this. And you're like, why you don't want nobody listen to it? Because it was an incomplete thought. On top of it being an incomplete thought, it just sounds horrible once it's all put together. And it's just like... Yeah, I don't want this anymore. I'm not gonna release this, and that's how that shit, that vault starts that's, piling up. That's another thing. Like, yo, when when these guys are coming off the top of their head, they're not saying anything. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, they're just rhyming, and it's not just about rhyming. Like, yo, when we listen to music, we're trying to gain something from it, and you could say, okay, they gained a vibe from this. That's cool. Sometimes, yes, but sometimes y'all be repeating the same lines on every single song. Mm-hmm. Because that's the first thing that comes off the top of your head. And if you look at people who used to freestyle. A lot of the same shit happened. Like when you'd be freestyling, like at a party with all the homies, like you would be saying a lot of the same shit that you said last time. Mm -hmm. Because those are the easiest things that come to your head when you're in that environment and you're trying to freestyle. So you constantly repeat the same things. I used to make fun of this whole town because they would say, 
you already know. That's that's how they would start all their freestyles. And I'm talking about like 10 different people. They were always like, you already know. And I got like, the yeah, flow. You gonna, how you going to start like this? <laughs> Every single time. And it's like, yeah, that's just the easiest thing that comes to your head. And also, you guys all do it because you're all hearing each other do it. So mm-hmm. you're just repeating that line. And that's what your starting point is. But for these rappers who do this on every single song where they're punching every line, they're repeating a lot of the same lines and there's nothing talented about that. So for those guys, I would I would try to push you toward trying to sit down and write a record. Can you do it? Get that Can you shit write together. something of, of value or substance? Or are you just going to freestyle about guns and drugs on every single record? And I know that's that's me being old man dig, but like, it is what it is, bro. Like, yo, a lot of these kids would be, they would have a much easier time getting in if they could showcase why they're talented, you know? And, and I think that, that that's the, a good final point for everyone that listens to this episode. Like, yo, all you have to do to get fans is show them why they should like you. You're pitching yourself. And when you do that, you ain't going to be embarrassed at all about showing anybody anything that you do because you're going to always feel like this is 100% me. I've showcased why I deserve to be here. I showcase why I deserve to have your time to listen to my music. And there's nothing fake that's going on about me. It's 100% organic, 100% real. So if you're getting connected to this, that means you're getting connected to the real and not the fake. And that's one of the, the biggest things that's going to keep somebody around for five, 10 plus years, more so than just be around for a, one single or like two months or three months. And then once again, you're out there mind forever. Yep. All right. This is uh, Rapper's Guy Podcast. We are signing out. This is your host, Diggy Metro. Dale's Pagliacci. Peace out, guys.